Hi, everyone. Real quick before the podcast, as you know, many businesses and nonprofits have taken financial hits due to COVID-19 and Catholic Bites hasn't been excluded from this. Several of our supporters have understandably needed to suspend their donations. And that totally makes sense. It's a difficult time for everyone. But I ask you, if you've been unaffected and you do have the ability to give just a small gift to Catholic Bites would help us to continue to promote the gospel of Jesus Christ in this uh, interesting and fun medium uh, and reach people that uh, that need to know the good news of, of the gospel. Even a little donation, uh, $1 a day for a month or $30 would make a huge difference to us and help us to reach the thousands of listeners that listen each week. If you can't give something, you can do something. By spreading the news about the podcast, it helps us to reach more people and helps us to, to increase the base of support. So even just telling a friend, hey, why don't you take a listen to this or promoting you on social media would be a big help. Please also feel free to reach out with any prayer intentions during this time. We want to support you in whatever ways we can. And the way that we know the best is to pray and to continue to tell people about Jesus. Thank you so much. God bless you. Hello and welcome to Catholic Bites, a podcast for busy Catholics. This is Father Conrad, and I have with me from an undisclosed location somewhere in the United States, Father Alex Scott, and for the first time, uh, also from a, a different location because of coronavirus, Father I Matt Fish. I can disclose it if you need me to. No, that's okay. No, we, we, don't, <laughs> we don't need to, to, to disclose, disclose those things. Um, I am just excited that Father Fish is finally joining us for a podcast. Yes, yeah, Father so Alec and I have been trying to get him on forever because uh, I people might not know this, but because of his weightlifting ability and theological brilliance, the Pope named him a Monsignor while he was still a seminarian. So you know, in Pectoria, yeah, in Pectoria, it's not official, but you know, yeah, I, I try, I try not to talk about that. I, you know, I don't like to brag, but it made, it made things awkward at times during seminary, but I think it, it helps in, in the long run. <laughs> it's important to Conrad. And I, Conrad. <laughs> well, that's great. Um, okay, so today we are going to talk about one of the reasons why we're doing this remotely, and that is uh, the coronavirus. And one of the questions I think a lot of people have when confronted with a difficult time, with suffering, with, with real challenges, is why, why does God allow this to happen? Why is this occurring? What, what's the, the reasoning behind it? And Father Fish, I know you've thought a lot about this recently, so maybe you can jump off there. Yeah. Um, thanks for, uh, again, for having me on, you know, the, the reason I been thinking about this topic, um, for, for obvious reasons, it's something that people bring up all the time, um, frequently just with everything going on. And then, um, you know, there's been a number of articles, uh, essays in some newspapers that bring up this question, uh, the suffering is going on, um, something that is afflicting so many people. What does that mean about our lives and, and even kind of justice in, in the world and the universe and this ultimate question of um, can we can we recognize a good God if he allows this to happen? Uh, there was an article in the New York Times recently by Father James Martin, noted uh, author, Jesuit priest, and he tackled this question and, and went through a number of angles, um, talked about how this is something that theologians and saints have grappled with for um, 2,000 years, really, the problem of suffering, the mystery of evil. And he was saying how he's always found a couple of the answers uh, lacking. You know, there's that, that initial answer a lot of people say, well, 
Um, maybe the reason why there's suffering in life is to make us stronger. Um, uh, it that strengthens our faith. And Father Martin says that can help explain suffering in some minor trials. You know, you learn patience when you have to uh, endure mm-hmm. some something annoying. Um, but when you have really painful human experiences, like a child suffers unnecessarily, um, dies of cancer, and you say, well, this was a test. It can make it seem like whoever brought about this suffering, who, who allowed it to happen, the one responsible for everything in the universe, kind of monster. Why would he allow an innocent child to suffer? Father Martin also says, I'm going to argument that, that suffering, maybe this is a punishment. Um, and if people experience suffering, it's because they deserve it. Um, and he proposes that Jesus uh, rejects this approach. He references that story in the Gospel of John about the man born blind when mm-hmm. they asked him who had sinned, this man or his parents, and, and Jesus neither the man nor his parents. And at least according to Father Martin, he said Jesus' the definitive rejection of the image of the monstrous father uh, who's out there um, giving people what they deserve. Um, so he says, in the end, he thinks the most honest answer, the best answer is to why they're suffering is we don't know. Hmm. That there really isn't sure. isn't an answer, and that rather than an answer, um, what's given to us is a way of life, a way of life that is first lived by Jesus, who accompanies people in their suffering, and stays with them, um, because he has experienced this and he has gone through suffering himself. He can accompany us now in our suffering. Show us how to. Accompany I thought there was you know some some good points there, though there was something still sure. I guess it left me um, feeling like the, the the deepest answer there was lack. Yes. Yeah. If I so Father Fish, if I can Please. just just uh, to like uh, hop in with you, I I've had exactly the same feeling reading that article, which is to say these sort of facile explanations of suffering, right? It's like a test of faith or a purification of faith, um, or as it just kind of like a one for one punishment for sin. Um, that that I, I agree that 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 communicate something about God that seems really at odds with this idea of, of an infinitely merciful, even if, even if he isn't infinitely just, but an infinitely merciful, loving father. Um, but it, it was almost like reading the first half of, of a great book, and then I found the final answer sort of this, well, we really just don't have to worry about explaining it to be kind of fall flat. I mean, for lack of, with, with respect, I, I know he's, he's grappling, we all grapple with this question, um, but, I, but I, I, I totally agree. I found it to, to not quite land um, as I was hoping it might. Yeah. And I think the the thing maybe that is lacking is this um, maybe lack of confidence in the, the gift that God gives us in reason to uh, really ponder and wonder about these things and that the, um, the, the, the investigation of reason can not uh, replace or substitute this, this act of faith that we have to make often dark, which often involves a step into the unknown, but can actually prepare for that and show how the answer that God does give is um, the most fitting one that, that at the end uh, gives the answer to the deepest questions. Um, and, and, and so, what what is that going going forward? What is that? Uh, where, where, yeah, well, where well do you think I think I think go? he's got he's got the right direction because at the end, if um, 
this is Christology, right? Why did God become man? And mm-hmm. the traditional answer, the, the, the Thomistic answer has always been uh, because of evil, um, to save us from evil, from our sins and from uh, the evil that's um, inflicted uh, upon us from the devil uh, to whom we are bound because of our consent to his sin. And so Jesus comes to save us from evil, our own evil, from demonic evil, and even from uh, all the suffering and evil that's a part of the physical universe. And I think at times we can shy away from that uh, for whatever reason. Mm-hmm. Um, and when what Jesus gives is reduced to something like, and it's not nothing. I mean, I think in a lot of way, a lot of moments in life, it would be a great grace to know that God is with us, is, mm-hmm. is, is, is in solidarity with us. But if, if it stops there, um, it doesn't take away that evil. Yeah. Say, hey, you know, I'm with you. You're not alone. Um, and it makes God seem like he's not really the one who is in control of all things, mm-hmm. which I think C.S. Yeah. Lewis brings up this point, right? Like if, if, you, if you give the devil too much power or even evil, whether you personify it or not, you end up in a kind of dualism. Uh, is God really in charge sure. or not? Yeah. And so if Jesus is the answer, he has to he has to be the definitive answer to to evil. Absolutely. And it has to um, not just let us know that we're not alone, but really take it away. So that's I think where it gets really interesting is looking at scripture and saying, yeah. Okay, what does this mean if if God overcomes evil? Um, other authors, David Bentley Hart has brought up this point. Sometimes people talk about how um, in Thomas himself uh, uh, adverts to this this axiom that God allows bad things to happen to bring the greater good out of it. It comes from sin. Mm-hmm. Um, and that can make it seem like God's this utilitarian that yeah. he's like, well, you know, um, I know it sucks that a lot of innocent children have to die of cancer and people die from yeah. tsunamis and, and the coronavirus pandemic and um, all these other things that happen to you that aren't your fault um, and other people inflicting uh, moral evil upon you, um, Nazis, communism, whatever. But trust me, in the end, it's going to be worth it because you're going to become something really cool out of it. Um, and it makes it yeah. seem like, like, really? Like, is it? Is yeah, that's it, not that appealing. <laughs> it sounds like there's got to be a better way to do that than allow, like, like, it, it, couldn't you come up with a better plan, God, than, than all of this stuff to bring about the better part at the yeah, end? Yeah, and it's in contradiction to our moral theology, right? Where we say that it's sure. never okay to directly will an evil in order to bring a good out or bring a good from it. And um, because there's a sense that that evil is um, never worth cooperating in, right? Um, Speaking. And if God's doing that, um, then how can we say that this is something that that, that we can't do if he's supposed to be the paradigm of of goodness? Um, And I think the answer then again is that that we want to give to people when we present the gospel and we want to get to it probably sooner than later. Um, I mean, these other things, God, how God accompanies us, right? This is true. Um, how um, it's true. God does bring good out of evil, and he's and He's permitted or allowed evil, as we classically say. Uh, but we don't want to spend too much time with that. At a certain point, we want to say, actually, God becomes man. Uh, God sends his son to not just um, make us feel that we're not alone, not just to bring some good out of the evil we have to suffer, but actually to vanquish it. Uh, to overcome it, absolutely. And that's the great message of the new creation. 
hear that at the end of the Bible, yeah. the end of the story, when God says, "Hold, I make all things new," and his his victory in the end is merciful. But this is something we always want to want to hold. But it's also perfectly just. And so, yeah, he, he the way that he will uh, reconcile all things that goes beyond our imagination um, and understanding right now happens through this great thing, this this gift of love, the sacrifice that Jesus makes on the cross that doesn't just make us feel like, you know, I'm not alone anymore or there's going to be some good thing that's going to come out of this patience or whatever, but that all this evil ultimately will be overcome and transformed and made new again. And the great um, proof of that and the, and the beginning of that is the resurrection, right? Which isn't just a resuscitation, yeah. but, but all that was that was lost is now brought back in Jesus. And he's the first as the new Adam in this new creation where all things are made new. So that's the ultimate answer to, I mean, we have to show how you can get there, but I think it's important to stress that, that God doesn't cause evil. He doesn't directly will it, right? Um, um, evil is ultimately because of us. It's because we were um, tempted and deceived by the devil who has a mind and a will so powerful that he could um, make a choice so completely that he is punished eternally for it. Um, we, on the other hand, who can be deceived, Jesus says on the cross, um, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Um, God gives yeah. us a second chance. And he does so um, in, a, in a way of mercy where he could have given us what we deserve, but he shows his greatness even more that um, he can forgive us and actually bring this redemption and this um, new creation out of this. So that brings, that brings yeah. about the question, though, in a practical sense, to bring it back to today. It's nice to, like, you can hold all that and it's important, but how do we live our lives in such a way that we, we see the present evil in front of us and it's so easy and tempting to kind of to think, like, why is this happening? What's going on? And, and you can say, well, you know, God's going to transform all things and bring about a new creation and vanquish evil. But, like, how do we live that in such a way that, like, we, we see it and understand it in our day-to-day -day life? Or do we have to have some of what Father Martin says, you know, that kind of mystery of not being able to see all ends and all, all, all uh, followings? Yeah. I think that's a great question. Uh, I think the answer is... And this is where Father Martin, I think, is, is onto something, that the ultimate answer can't be um, a purely intellectual one. I mean, think of the answer that Job receives at the end of uh, yeah. the yeah. Testament, where it's, it's, they've got all these questions, and they're having this, these, having this debate with his friends, and they don't come to this intellectual answer. And then when does the answer happen when God appears, when he becomes present <laughs> for the first time and reveals himself? And the way that that the way that happens and the way that's experienced through Christ's communication of his life through the church, through the sacraments, through the saints, where we actually, too, make present that dramatic reality of God's presence through supernatural yeah. love, where we don't, you know, you can't just take away suffering. You can't explain it away. You can't give this answer that's going to make people think, oh, great, I guess I'm never going to be sad again. But you can actually give them um, proof through your life of holiness, through your own experience of God's transformation in your own life, uh, through mercy, and your love of others, particularly your love of those who may not love you, um, your love of your enemies, your love of those who, who um, 
or most in need of God's mercy, that this is actually happening now, right? That God has answered Job out of the world. Yeah. It's in this presence of Christ who abides in this even now, who makes things all who makes all things new even now, right? Yeah. And I think, you know, one thing that I, I, I just, I know we, this is kind of going a long time, but I love this topic. I love, I love your answer, Father Fish. Um, I, I, one thing that sort of like pops in my mind is, um, you know, what, what is laid out by the Christian faith, right? This, this promise, not just of accompaniment, which is obviously important, but of actual victory, right? Actual crushing of sin and death, as is described in, you know, what are the St. Paul, the Acts of the Apostles, um, true total victory over evil. The, the question that immediately pops to my mind is, why are our answers, why are we so afraid, and then this is kind of an open, maybe rhetorical, but, but I'd love your take on it, Father Fish, why are we so afraid to go there? Why do we want to take, take refuge in this kind of, um, uh, for lack of a better word, sort of milk toast middle approach that says, yeah, Jesus gave us a good example. Why not say, no, Jesus crushes this. Yeah. What, is, what, is our, what is our hold up there? What would you say? Yeah, that's, that's a really good question. Um, I think it, it may be because it, it raises uh, the bar in our own lives where um, if you're going to say that, you also have to be willing to cooperate in how evil is vanquished in yourself and in the world. Uh, yeah. And you, you can't tolerate evil in your own life. You have to be a saint. Uh, you can't tolerate injustice yeah. in the world. Like You have to work for justice in every respect. You can't have... You can't accept an economic system that says, yeah, we'll tolerate these evils because there's going to be this good that comes out of it, right? Which is a, lot, yeah. a lot of what we talk about in American politics. Well, we have experience. Yeah, yeah. where the, the Catholic Association says, no, like we need to strive for perfect justice. And this is actually something that God calls us to. Um, it doesn't, you, you can't be let off the hook there. I mean, I, I don't want to say that everyone's a hypocrite in that way. I, I just think that's always a human temptation, right? To let oneself off the hook. I think also another answer to that would be that it's it's so reliant upon theological hope, and that's not something that's easily demonstrable to people, and is not something that necessarily is a a clear, concise answer that people can wrap their minds around very quickly. There's a mystery there, but when you experience that mystery, when you're in the presence of God, when you experience His love, even in the midst of suffering, then you have that hope within you that allows you to endure suffering and to see in it, it in its broader context and its better context you know you you know like the, the the person who lives with hope knows that they don't have any reason for anxiety because the victory has already been won and they belong to the father and that they're going to the father no matter what happens to them and that's a hard answer to give to people who um just can't see it in the moment because it's so dark and difficult and challenging and so the temptation yeah. is to say well yeah. you know don't worry, you know, God will be in this. Instead of to say, no, your life has, has ex can and will experience the victory of Christ over all evil, including this one that we currently find ourselves in. But unfortunately, yeah. Father Fish and, and Father Alec, I think I've got, we've got to cut off there um, to keep our moniker Catholic Bites uh, and the pun that is implied. <laughs> uh, thank you so much, both of you, for joining us today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Uh, if you'd like to listen to more great Catholic podcasts, you can find us at catholicbitespodcast.com or you can find us on iTunes. You can also find us on Twitter at Catholic Bites Podcast. I think it's at Catholic Bites Podcast. Maybe it's just at Catholic Bites. I, I, I should really look this up. Um, and uh, yeah, uh, there's tons more talks to listen to uh, and great nerdy Catholic conversations if you need something 
when you're holed up at home. Uh, thank you, everyone. Thank you both, fathers, for joining us, and God bless you. <laughs>